Hello and welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the cartoons that shaped our childhood. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And I mean, this should need no introduction. You've heard the theme tune and um, fuck, you've probably seen the episode title as well. So actually, none <laughs> of them need any introduction. I should really credit you with uh, with more intelligence than that. But no, that, that theme tune's fucking unmistakable, right? It's X-Men. Yeah. Now, before we bang into the episode, actually, um, I've just literally read this in the last 10 minutes. Um, within the last uh, four weeks, um, a Hungarian uh, man has sued the producers um, and composers and everybody else involved with the show, including Apple, Disney, Marvel, and every other fucker, claiming that the, the, the theme was ripped off from a, a Hungarian show from the 80s called Linda. And I've got the quote in front of me because it's quite funny um, how much credit he gives it. Um, saying that the um, the theme was uh, the, the program was a household name in Hungary, an entire country could identify the series through the iconic soundtrack. And he goes on to say the soundtrack of the X Men is widely regarded as most iconic of any animation series in the nineties. Because the X Men theme song is substantially similar to the theme song of Linda, as the result of unauthorized copying with some minor alterations, um, and it's basically the reason the soundtrack is the reason why X Men went on to spawn um, a billion dollar movie franchise and so on. So I think somebody needs to take his meds. I mean, that's a stretch. It's definitely like, look, we talk about the soundtracks a lot, as we always do. Like this theme tune is definitely up there in like the top 10 of all time without yeah. question. For yeah, me. definitely. Um, to say it's the reason that X-Men went on to spawn millions of dollars in a movie franchise is utter yeah. nonsense yeah um, um that'll the be the it's... fantastic characters and writings that go along with the franchise and not the theme tune yeah uh, i mean the guy in offense i'm reading the article I'll, sh- I'll share the link to it in the um in the post but um the guy is basically he goes on to say he doesn't want he, he's not willing to settle out of court he wants a trial by jury and he's suing for an unspecified amount this guy is fucking nuts and what's it called? What's the show called? Linda. In the link I posted, it, it, there is a link to both uh, to both uh, theme songs. Okay. And it's, it, it's pretty similar, but, you know, let's not get carried away. Uh, yeah. I mean, get a grip, dude. Um, I mean, also, if it's that similar, why is it taking you fucking 20 25 years? years? Yeah. Like, you should be on that shit straight away, surely. Unless oh, yeah, maybe... He's only now discovered the X-Men. Maybe, but um, they'd be living under a fucking rock or something for the last no, 25 years. I mean, you know, it's, it's not as if he's living in the Eastern Bloc and they, they're only just getting X-Men now. The guy lives in Florida. Oh, right. Okay. Well, then there's a whole fucking land in Universal. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously. Fucking yeah. Italian. Like, even if you don't go to the parks or watch the show, like, there are billboards all over the fucking interstate. With pictures of Wolverine and all right, I know Spider Man's not in the X Men, but there are billboards all over the interstate with like Wolverine and Storm and Spider Man and fucking everybody on, right? Yeah, this this guy's just knocking farts. Uh, fucking sounds it as well. Um, but yeah, look, whether whether it was that guy's or not, I don't care who wrote the theme tune. It's no, well, I do care all. because they should get credit for creating well, one of the best TV themes of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, no, I mean, it was definitely written by. The people have claimed to have written it. It's just you know, whether it's derivative or not. Everything's slightly derivative, and I think that yes, okay, there are similarities. But to say you no, know, to say that's the you no, know, that's the main reason why the the franchise went on to go you know, to to make millions, if not over a billion dollars, is a bit of a fucking ask. 
so is this like a vanilla ice versus queen situation is it that similar or is it uh, not quite that it's not quite that bad oh it's fine then because that's the only thing i I mean and even that like you managed to get away with that by adding one note so yeah exactly hell yeah it's fine and yeah like you said ain't nothing new under the sun guys so you know fuck it like yeah yeah, just whoever wrote it for whatever reason yeah props the theme tune fucking rocks yeah and still rocks like the I had, and this has happened with one or two shows before, uh, but it certainly doesn't happen with all of them, however much I might remember all the words to the theme songs and, mm. you know, all, all of that, and, and they do bring nostalgia flooding back. But with this, in, in re-watching this, and, and incidentally, this is another one of those shows that's never really been away for me, but um, I haven't watched it for quite a while now, and I had a kind of Pavlovian response to this theme tune as soon as it came on. I was just like, I was absolutely pumped as soon as the theme kicked in for the first time. It just instantly transported me back. I was super excited. Like it does and it's not just the theme tune, it's it's the animation that goes with it as well. The whole intro to this show is just phenomenal. Um Yeah, it is. I mean, and I've got like this was my first introduction to X-Men as well. I mean, I think this was on in this kind of thing on live and um yeah, live and kicking on a Saturday morning. Um and there was a block you had um Rugrats, then this, then um, Clarissa Explains All, which was a pre-Sabrina, um, the Sean Hart vehicle, um, and they were the, they, they 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 hung their entire programming on these three shows that were you know, pretty much brand new at the time, um, and yes, I mean this was my first into that the sort of wider Marvel universe. I, mean, I knew who I knew who Hulk was, I knew who Spider Man was, I knew who Captain America was because I had a little fucking um, action figure of Captain America from somewhere. And my brother had a Doctor Doom one, so I, I knew some of the characters, but I didn't really know a lot. Of, I wasn't really into comics at the time, um, and this was probably my first into that, and then into that wider world. And then obviously, I mean, there's a crossover episode where Spider-Man pops up. Um, I think it's the second season, um, and yeah, so all of a sudden, just realizing these things were connect- connected, um, and yeah, I mean, this was a huge thing for me. And certainly with the theme tune, certainly it's one of those that I don't. Know, I'd be in the kitchen, or I'd know I'd go upstairs, get dressed, or whatever it was, and soon. It, whatever i was doing fucking got dropped as soon as that theme tune started and i was yeah. straight down the stairs or straight back in the living room so i could park my ass three inches away from the tv it's no wonder i'm fucking blind thinking about it but you know yeah i mean this this show has a has a lot to to answer for i think then but for both of us i mean i sort of the same as you um it's slightly different as much as, as as I've discussed on previous shows. Like I was always into Superman and Batman. I can remember that um, from having comics as a child when I was very very young. I specifically remember my nan buying me a Superman comic when I was ill, um, and that sort of ignited a, a love of DC comics that I've, I've carried through my life. Mm. Um, but outside, especially when I was younger, outside of those two characters and kind of the Beano and Dandy, yeah. Um, I didn't really have any exposure to a a larger comic book universe, and certainly not to Marvel. Like I, I kind of knew that Marvel was a thing because, again, we we'd had the Incredible Hulk TV show and yeah. Spider Man. Even um, at, at that early age, for me, I was around to catch some reruns of the live action Spider Man as well. So I was kind of aware of them. Um, but as much as I will always be a DC fan and specifically a Batman fan at heart, and as much as I will always carry that with me, I think I can solely credit my greater geekdom, if you like, and certainly my greater love of comics outside of those two characters 
that starts here. I credit this show with that because when this was on, um, and and even you know this was on round about the same time as Batman animated. They would have been on, yeah. you know, back to back in some cases on on opposing channels. Yeah. Um, as a child, I would take X Men every time. This show was just so exciting and so colourful, and mm. the characters were just so magnetic. Um, I, I loved it. And then there was, you know, the spin-off comic series that launched from it, which was kind of a a weird version of the the actual Marvel comics that existed in this animated universe, but kind of told the same stories. And yeah, it yeah. was very, very strange. I think they called it X-Men Adventures, if I remember yeah, rightly. Yeah, it, it was something like that, wasn't it? And it, it, was, it was kind of a meta because you've obviously got a TV show based on a comic and then a comic based, based on, a on the show TV show. And yeah. yeah, it was kind of it was kind of bizarre. Um, I mean, what we just said there, so it rings very true to me as well. I mean, my this was my first exposure to really to Marvel. I mean, we'd had the um, the Hulk series. Um, there'd been a Spider-Man cartoon, which I oh, there was a Spider-Man cartoon right at the same time, which I, I caught bits of. Um, but my introduction was really um, Superman movies um, and the Adam West Batman, which was still sort of kicking around at that point. I mean, fucking long time, not long time after it uh, finished uh, being filmed. Um, so yes, I mean that was good. That was really my exposure to superheroes in comics, and they said being you know, the dandy and the Beezer and shit like that. Um, and then yeah, so this this was kind of it, and then this sort of opened up a whole other avenue. Um, and it was you no know, as a show, it was. I mean, I, no, I, I didn't sort of watch it the way we watch things now, so sort of, you know, digest the writing and the performances and things like that. But the, you know, it was telling a very compelling story. It was something I wanted to tune into week in and week out because I wanted to know what happened. And I mean, we, there were episodic kid shows um, which had an arc. Um, no, well, obviously Batman's way a this. prime example of that. If you draw a comparison, yeah. to Batman was an episodic show with an arc. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, it, no, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a case of no, this was a, a new new TV format for me. There's certainly one of the ones where one of the first ones where I was so fucking captivated. It was like, you no, know, smash me over the head and wake me up next Saturday because I don't I don't care about the rest of the week. I just want to watch this. Um, yeah. So and yeah, so I mean, for much the same as yourself, this opened up a whole new fucking universe um for me and as we moved on and sort of got through the 90s and they started talking about you know, doing an x-men film and shit like that that was just fucking you know that blew my little head yeah uh i mean it's it's, it's an interesting sort of point that, that you just touched on because one of the things i i sort of wanted to to talk about briefly with this is and, and i've i've already touched on it as well this was on the same time as, as batman and and yeah. if i'm honest as i've grown older um, I definitely uh, appreciate Batman the Animated Series far more than this, and I certainly think it holds up better than this, but we'll yes. discuss that, that as we go through. Um, but at the time, I, w- I would definitely have taken X-Men every time. And, and one of the things that I I remember even then um, finding so different about this compared to every other show was, like, like you said, Batman was uh, an episodic show in that there would be a different villain and a different story week to week, but the characters yeah. would have grander arcs you know they, they would go on episode uh, sorry uh, season long journeys and they yeah. would they would change by the end of it x-men wasn't that at all x-men was serialized so yeah. every week ended in a cliffhanger and the following week picked up from that cliffhanger so yeah. it was one continuous story arc it, told it was. Over multiple seasons like, and and you know different villains and stories would weave in and out of that yeah, um, I mean, if if you look on the wiki page, they they basically they've broken down which arcs they've done from which blocks of the comic and stuff like that. So going going all the way back to the begin to the beginning of X Men, which I think is in the early sixties, um, and yeah, they're breaking down that you know, these four episodes or these six episodes were following this part of the comic book, but they've also added 
bit of a storyline from this from this run as well to to include other characters. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it, the way it's been put together. I mean, we look at you know, stuff like the MCU now, and obviously the storytelling in, t- in television has become a lot more um, elaborate. Um, and mm-hmm. I think in, in I think the way it's done is a lot more eloquent in, in TV terms. But this you know, this is a very uh, one of the earliest examples I can remember. Um, and I'm not saying it's one of the, no, it's an early one, but certainly one of the earlier worst ones I can remember because I'd have been about fucking nine when this thing appeared. Um, but yeah, it was the first one where they've gone, yeah, well, no, we can tell this story, but we don't have to have like a monster of the week and we don't have to do this. We, we can just, no, we can give you a chunk of television that's going to keep you tuning in week after week after week. And it can certainly work for me. I'm shameless or not, it fucking worked on me. Uh, yeah, me too. And And a big part of that, you know, this is quote unquote a kids show um yeah. and it's very much pitched as that you know it's even some of the character designs have been sort of slightly kind of uh, exaggerated from the comic you know the colors pop that little bit more in some cases yeah. they have a wider palette to work with and and things like that so it it definitely kind of knew that he was playing to a younger audience but i feel like it treats that younger audience with a huge amount of respect in terms of its storytelling yeah um like it never dumbs things down for kids you know it 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 writes as though it were for adults but it looks as though it for kids is is the thing i think it always written as though it it writes listen to me jesus yeah it does late it's yeah, yeah well it's not even late actually it's really for us we, isn't it yeah, we're, we're recording really early. I've just had a long couple of weeks. Um, but it, it's written as though it's for adults. It, and it looks as though it's for kids. Um, yeah. The weird kind of um, sort of balance between the two of those, I guess, comes in the voice acting, which is either incredibly sophisticated and very, very good or absolutely appalling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is like a, a foot in either camp there with the voice acting. But, you know, in general, watching it as a kid, you kind of don't care about that sort of stuff. You no, just it's care a lot about... easier to not notice, isn't that? Yes, you just care about how cool the action sequences are, how cool the characters are, how good yeah. they look. And and I think part of it, you know, part of the draw to it as a kid was because it was about a superhero team, because it was about the X-Men and there were all of these different characters. Like, there was a hero for everyone to identify with what yeah. you know whatever your particular lot in life was you could kind of shine that onto one of these one of these mutants these these outcasts all of them would have maybe something in common with you i mean everyone's favorite was wolverine obviously yeah it goes without saying but that uh, doesn't necessarily mean that everybody related to wolverine he was just everybody's favorite because he was so badass yeah, and I mean yeah. that. I mean that even translated. I mean to a lesser extent, certainly. But when they did the films, um, so the, I think the first one was ninety nine, and they moved into the two thousands and beyond. Um, but yeah, like Wolverine was the f- central focus um, to a point where they even made jokes about it in the film, uh, with Magneto saying, "Oh, not everything's about you." And then in the second film, I told you before, not everything's about you. Um, and they kind of play on that, but knowing full well that everybody's watching it, wanting to see what Wolverine's going to do next. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, that was that's always been the way it's written. And obviously, the the show was written like that. The films were written like that. I mean, the very few comics I have read uh, of X Men, they're kind of geared that way as well. Is that there's a very much um, a reluctance to let anybody else shine brighter than Wolverine. Um, whether that's intentional or not, I don't know. I think there are certain characters that just transcend and break through in popular culture into to such a massive extent that you have no choice but to 
but to make it about them. Batman is is a similar character. Um, yeah. Whenever Batman is in a story, Batman shines through. Yes, yeah. that is, and you know, and there's a very conscious decision. I well, at least I feel it's conscious. I'm, I'm speaking without any knowledge, um, <laughs> or or inside knowledge, or I've not even read anything about this. So this is just me assuming. But when you watch the new the new Joker, um, there is a very conscious decision. It feels like to remove Batman from that narrative as much as possible. And that's a smart move because the shadow of Batman is still there. And even that looms over the film yeah. because that character is so huge. And Wolverine is kind of the same way. Like there is no way anyone can write an X-Men story without naturally being drawn to Wolverine. Yeah, because right. it's, Because it's Wolverine, you know, and, and, and the mythos behind that character and the way that people relate to him. And just the temptation to use him as an agent of pure chaos at times yeah. is is just too great, especially for a writer. You know, if, if like, look, you need an extra page or two, fuck it, have Wolverine beat something up. Uh, you know, you need to move the story on, fuck it, let's have it tie into Wolverine's past in some way because he can't remember it anyway, so we can make it up. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he's just, he's the wild card. You know, and, and whereas especially then when you, you add in this dynamic where because he's such a spiky character, you've got, for instance, the love triangle between him and, and Scott and Gene, which is always compelling. Yeah. And then you've got his slight sort of friendly rivalry that he has with Gambit, where they're essentially having a pissing competition every time they're together. And that's funny, you know, yeah. and, and then you've got his kind of paternal relationship that he has with some of the younger X-Men. You know, like uh, it, in this instance, this it's Jubilee. Jubilee it tends to be it? in yeah. the cartoon, and then in the films, they made it Rogue. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's that as well. So there's there are all these different aspects to his character that can be drawn from. And when he's handled correctly, and when he's played correctly, you know, just as I mean, look, we all know Hugh Jackman did a great job. But just like I would argue that you know Kevin Conroy is always my Batman, this mm. will always be my Wolverine, not Hugh Jackman. You know, this is this is Wolverine to me in the big yellow suit with the big black mask. Yeah, you know, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I, I, I see this Wolverine, but I hear Hugh Jackman. It's quite funny. It's really disconcerting. See, I don't. I don't even hear Hugh Jackman. I, I don't. This is Wolverine. And particularly, I, I forgive me, I forget the guy's name as much as I loved this as a child. I'm not a super fan of it like I am with Batman. But, but I do know that... This guy basically made his career then playing Wolverine. Yeah, like his name is Cathal J. Dodd. There you go. C-A-T-H-A-L J. And Dodd. He, and he's been Wolverine forever. Like, he's he's done games, he's done other yeah. animated series, he's done Wolverine fucking everything. Um, this is the guy I hear. I, I don't... Even when Hugh Jackman's on screen sometimes, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm hearing the other guy in my head. And particularly his delivery of Bub... Um, every time, every time I read a comic and Wolverine says, bub, I just hear this guy doing it. Um, <laughs> and, and to be fair, the same is true of a lot of the voice cast here as well. You know, it, this will always be my rogue in, in a similar manner. You know, she'll always have that Southern Belle accent to me. Yeah. No, I, I thought the, the, the choice of Anna Paquin and then the subsequent choices Anna Paquin made as rogue in the film didn't really sit with me i've got to be honest no not at all because that character is so different in the film yeah, so so different yeah and i mean there's obviously they made a lot especially in the, well they made a lot of her um 
and you know her sort of coming to terms with her powers and all the rest. And that was such a big issue in in that original trilogy. I didn't I didn't take to it at all. I mean that that's that whole story wasn't that compelling for me. Um, and part of that was because I was thinking, well, that's not Rogue, and where the fuck's Gambit? Well, see, this is the thing because as much as I, like I have just said that everybody has an X Man they could relate to and, and things like that, and as much as Wolverine is everyone's favorite, for me, my X Man was always Gambit. I was always drawn to Gambit. I still don't know why. I just was. Um, I, I think it's maybe the kind of certain air of mystique around his character, and and the kind of just let's get shit done attitude mm. that he has with it. Even though he's got this kind of easy kind of louisiana drawl he's still like let's just get this shit done so i can like go drinking and dancing um i just was drawn to that and so particularly the relationship between gambit and rogue was something that i always loved in this cartoon and i was you know similarly i also liked rogue a hell of a lot um it's pretty fucking hot which helps um yeah so you know there was there was that as well um and so, yeah, I, I could never get on board with the depiction of Rogue in the films. And every time there's even the slightest hint that there's going to be a gambit, which there's been many, many times, yeah. I always get very excited and then I get very disappointed because yeah, it never happens. I mean, I think there have been sort of three or four times where there's a film being promised and it's being cast and they've started doing stuff and I was like, oh, yeah, no, we're, not gonna, we're not going to follow through with that. And I mean, yeah, like this... Channing Tatum was was full on cast at one point. Yeah, wasn't he? like it was yeah. going to happen. Yeah, that was the one I was remembering. But I mean, that was I mean, that was relatively recent. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back to when they did the original trilogy. They were talking about spinning off and doing a, a Gambit uh, movie. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's been in the offing for the best part of 20 years and we've never seen it. And it's again, it's something that I mean, I've, I've had this argument with somebody on Facebook this week that talk, I'm talking about some things being rebooted constantly and my whole thing is there in all of these universes there are entire continents of people we never fucking meet we never see or we've seen in one iteration then they've disappeared and so when you get to your new canon so you know where you've got your the 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 cartoon is is its own thing and the films are their own thing but then they've not rather rather than saying well we've got other stories we can tell like star wars are doing now with things like the mandalorian where they're spinning off the rope we've got this whole fucking universe to go for, so let's go for it and do stuff that's not related to the Skywalkers. There was potential to do more X-Men stuff that's not just fucking Wolverine all the time. Yeah. But for whatever reason, everyone's so reluctant to do it. And it's re- it's frustrating and it's really disappointing because, yes, okay, I know the stuff they've done thus far has made a bitch ton of money. Um, and that's why they keep going back to the well. But tell new fucking stories. Yeah, do and there's absolutely... Different. There's absolutely no reason you can't tell new stories and reboot at the same time. In fact, Mm. X-Men has very successfully done that for Fox many times over now. Yeah. Um, They they really have that that fox x-men universe is you know the films are of variable quality um but in terms of the reboot that they put in when it all went to first class like that was handled so exceptionally well and then to bring that back around into part of a wider universe with yeah. days of future past was a masterstroke like it that was. was so so clever and handled it, so well it was i mean there were a few, a few issues with the, like they stepped on their own timeline and stuff like that and there's a broke continuity a few times but it's it's a time travel thing you can always argue that you no know, it's just something that happened and in a different continuity as has been established with um avengers you will just have a fucking spin-off universe where there's a different something has diverged and it's it's in that particular universe now something has changed but where we are is where we are so i mean we can get away with it that way um but yeah i, mean, I was really impressed and i hadn't seen um apocalypse or dark phoenix until about two weeks ago i was, I was off, off work circle i've been belonged on that um 
and iTunes were having an offer, so I thought, fuck it, I'll pick them up. And I sat there and watched, and they get a lot of stick. They're not, I don't think there's bad. I mean, if you take them for what they are, they're comic book movies, and they're, they're not MCU movies, so they don't have the same quality. But there's enough about them to, you know, to have them home. I quite enjoyed it. It was a good you know, four and a half hours where I could sit there and just you know, enjoy a movie. I wasn't that no, I, I, I tend not to get a lot of stock in reviews anyway, which is quite ironic given what we do. Um, but yeah, it was one of those. I was quite happy just to sit there for an hour and I was, I was go, yeah, that's X Men. I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I've not seen their take on Dark Phoenix yet. Um, I will at some point. Um, I have seen Apocalypse. It, yeah, pretty much what you said. I can't say that I enjoyed it, I certainly can't say it's a good film. Um, but I sat down and watched it and it entertained me because it was X-Men and I yeah, would do it's the a, same with Phoenix. Yeah, it, it's a popcorn movie. I mean, Phoenix, there are issues with that. I mean, I felt the first two acts were quite good and the third act was like one of mine. It was over in about four seconds. Um, it just it just ended far too abruptly. They didn't really wrap it up properly. Um, I mean, the, the problem with that as well is it has been told so many times yes. in so many different media. And I think... You know, okay, not just any person off the street, but you know, you can you can stop. I would say a cross section of, let's say, fifty people for sake of argument, and ask them to name an X Men story, and a good forty of them will go, "Oh, Dark Phoenix," hmm. without without a shadow of a doubt. So, if you're gonna take another stab at that, then you've got to fucking get it right, and you know. <laughs> They fucked it in X Men Three. Yeah, it sounds from all in, from everything I've read that they fucked it again. And if I'm honest, I don't think they managed it particularly well in the cartoon. They did okay in the cartoon. Um, in I fact, the it's the Phoenix the... Saga that I've rewatched for this yeah. pod. I, th I think um, that's probably the best fist of it that anybody's made. I've got to be honest. Well, yeah, it definitely was. Um, but the cartoon is, you know, the episodes are like 20, 25 minutes long, and you know that they get maybe four or five episodes to tell the whole saga. They do split it properly like they should. There is the Phoenix saga and then the Dark Phoenix yeah. saga. So they do split it properly at least and, and give it that much time. Um, but yeah, it's just typically chopped up and, and so it jumps around quite a bit because it's an adaptation. But hey, I'm not particularly going to slate it for that because on our other show, I do a hell of a lot of complaining when people don't adapt things properly. So you know, I can't have my cake and eat it. Um, well, that's right, and it, it, it's always a difficult one. I mean, adaptations are uh, they're an animal to themselves. I mean, telling a story is one thing, but telling somebody else's story in a way that's meaningful is always going to be difficult. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think I mean bringing this back to the to the cartoon, I think it's probably the best stab at it anybody's had, um, or certainly the most um, the most compelling. And no, we're not here to talk about the films. I mean, yeah, you're right. X three fucked it completely, and then I said it, they've not. Given how much time they devoted to like, you know, uh, First Class and Days Food, they're their own movies, but they've given them you know, a continuity, and then they've kind of stuck Dark Phoenix on the end of that. I mean, it's like you had a, you had a reasonable trilogy arc up to Apocalypse, and then this this could have been could potentially have been the start of its own th own thing. I know you had the the um, the, you know, the deal with um, you know, the the buyout of uh, Fox and stuff like that, so I mean, obviously that comes into it, but it's kind of like they they wanted to tell another length you know, another good story but didn't have the time to do it so rather than saying well hang on do we need to do this or no or are we going to do it properly they've gone ah fuck it well we, we've started we might as well finish so they rushed to get it out in one go and it didn't do it the justice it deserved 
Um, I think that's probably my biggest complaint about Dark Phoenix. Yeah, maybe it'll end up on the other show one of these days. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's bad enough, to be honest. Okay, let's see. I'll, 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 let, you, I'll let you have a I'll look. I'll have a look, we'll, and we'll yeah, maybe, maybe it's one for debate on that show then. Um, but yeah, they, they certainly, as I say, that's I've rewatched the Phoenix Saga for this pod. I, I have it on DVD. I have a couple of X-Men DVDs. I don't have a box set, but I have a, they have released specific storylines mm. on DVD, so I rewatched um Phoenix Saga. And yeah, it, it's done pretty well. But I think in general, it's safe to say, for my money anyway, this is the best adaptation of X-Men that's been done, period. Like, yeah. there, there are no series of films that is better than this, I don't think. No. Um, this this is the best. It's not entirely faithful. A lot of people will tell you it is. It's not, as, as you've already pointed out, you know, it does jump around a bit in its continuity and they do take liberties with some of the storylines, but that's cool. That's fine. It's kind of its own thing at the same, much like the MCU in that, you know, it's pretty much 90% of the way there, but now and again, they are going to have to change something. And so they do. Um, and, and that works to its favor. Yeah. Um, and I think but, that's something that people get very bent out of shape about is that if you've got a diehard core of fans, um, then they go to well, hang on, that's not right. That didn't happen with that. That's that's not this. But it's an adaptation, and sometimes you have to you have to be able to work with that. I mean, I think one of the biggest criticisms I, I had from I read from Infinity War was that um, Stormbreaker wasn't Thor's weapon; it was somebody else's weapon. But that person hasn't appeared in the MCU, so it's either make another fucking character, make another fucking movie, or just you know what? Well, that can be this, that can be that, and this can be this, and just fucking move on and get on with it because we're making a product that will appeal and will sell. And if you if there's an aspect you don't like, the internet's there for you to bitch about it. But at the same time, we need to tell a story. We need to move things along in a way that makes sense for us, and it's not going to cause us too many any problems. And I think that's always the danger with adaptations that you always piss somebody off, usually us. Um, but you'll always piss somebody off because there'll be something that hasn't gone the way that they've expected it to, or in the case, in the case of some particular diehards or particular uh, fandoms, it's very difficult to let go of what you're expecting or what you want to see. And not realizing, of course, that not everybody's got your vision. And if you want to, if you want to see a truly faithful version of the comics, read the fucking comics because exactly. anybody, anybody's going to adapt it. Is going to have their own spin to put on it, or they're going to have their own arc. They're going to have their own project, and they, they will have an outline of what they want to do and how they want to do it. And if you need to borrow bits from a different story, I mean, that's as I said earlier on, they've, they've they've kind of mushed in storylines from different arcs just to get characters in. A lot of people will be very upset about that because that doesn't happen in that in Dark Phoenix. That happens in the storyline with the Mutant Registration Act and all that sort of stuff, and the Sentinels and stuff like that. So you can't have that there because it doesn't fit. Well, no, we can because the story we're telling doesn't need it to be over there. It needs it to be here so we can move these characters along or we can we can move the storyline along. And it's something that I I get quite annoyed with because I mean I I'm, I bang my drum about it sometimes as well. But in general, if somebody's if somebody's adapting something, it's because they have a particular vision of it. And it doesn't necessarily need to be truly faithful. No, absolutely. Sorry, not. I'll stop ranting now. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's a valid point though. And, and as I say, for, for my money, this is the best adaptation to the point where, as I've said, certainly as a child, um, I was reading those X Men adventure comics. I wasn't reading the X Men. Yeah. I was reading this version of the X Men comics, um, and you know, to a certain extent, even now as an adult and as as a comic book fan having gone back and read a lot of classic x-men um whilst yeah it, i would say those those books are better if you were to put the two in front of me right now and said right you can read an issue of x-men adventures 
or you can read an issue of X-Men, which you choose. I'm going for X-Men Adventures because this is and always will be X-Men to me. Yeah. Because yeah, this that, is the right. X Men I was exposed to first. Yeah, and that's fair. That's fair enough, and that's always going to no, that's always going to play a big part of it. Um, and I think that's why people why people get so bent out of shape with things because it's not their version of things. It's not what they want or what they expect or what they feel they need or what they feel they should have. And it's it's a very difficult one. And, and as as any sort of content producer, you're always worrying. You always have to worry about that because if your core if your core fandom doesn't take to it, you're absolutely fucking boned. Yeah. I think here though there was there was just a big risk taken in that it's faithful to, to a point, but I, I don't feel like that. Like if this was made today, this would be aimed at hardcore X Men fans. Yeah, this that that is what they would do. Uh, whereas back then it was just like right, we need a recognizable franchise for twenty minute kids action show that's going to sell toys. Well, it's funny you say that actually. I've, I've, um, I'm reading. I've been reading about this today. Um, and one of the big criticisms throughout the the run was that it wasn't kid friendly enough, and it didn't do enough to integrate toys that were being sold. Wow, really? That surprises me because, especially, um, again, I've not done my research as per. Um, <laughs> that's what lunch breaks are for. Uh, what are they? Um... <laughs> that's the bit where to make a computer say, "Fuck it, I'm not doing any work for the next hour." Oh, right. As opposed to the last three and the next three. Yeah. Um, so, so I've not done any research, but I, I would assume, I mean, knowing that, one thing I do know without researching is knowing the time this was on the air, um, Marvel Comics is in dire straits at this point, like on the fucking brinks. Marvel absolute went, collapse. Marvel went under during the production. There you go. So they're desperately going to be flogging rights to anything. So, right, you can be absolutely sure they picked whoever picked this up picked it up for a song like this would have been going cheap because marvel yeah. needed a cash injection and they needed it quick yeah. which meant they would have sold everything they would have probably sold out the merchandising rights if it had been asked they would have not worried too much about licensing i don't think in terms of quality control and stuff like that so you had a fucking license to print money with these toys like yeah. not making toys was mental and, and it's funny you should say that now because yeah, actually, I don't really remember having any X-Men action figures or anything. I had a shitload of merch. I had an X-Men bedspread. I've still got an X-Men ring binder that's like <laughs> sidebar. I was having keyboard lessons at the time and photocopying music from my tutor because pff, who wants to pay for things? Um, so I bought myself a ring binder that I kept all the music in. I still have it. It is my favorite binder. It's still got scrolls all along the inside of the binder where I've written in it and things as well. Like it's falling apart, but it's my X-Men binder. So I keep oh, it. You know, I had, I kept buying the comics. You know, I remember they were, they were definitely like Happy Meal style toys. I remember having yes, little plastic were. type toys. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I was going to say, I, rem I remembered having some Happy Meal type shit. Whether yeah. it was actually McDonald's or whether it was somebody else, I'm not sure. But they, yeah, I yeah somebody was giving that shit away because I yeah. remember that. Um, there were games. I remember having annuals as well. So there was there was definitely merch. Oh yeah, definitely. But um, we and... weren't talking like Masters of the Universe or Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles merch. No, I mean this. I mean, as you said, this this stuff would have been you know, gone for a song because Marvel were on it. Marvel was on its ass. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, I, I mean, I'm not sure. There's not a huge amount written about the the, the amount of merchandise. There is some that talks about. Um, Talks about spin-offs and video games and stuff like that. Um, there's a comic book, um, there's a comic book tie-in which is done now as well. Um, well, done in 2015 called X Men '92. No fucking way. Uh, which um, it's the Secret Wars event. Um, and released since uh, released. Oh, so it was released in early 2016. 
Um, and it, again, it shows it follows the show's continuity. So it's the Secret Wars storyline with Spider Man. Um, How in the living fuck has that passed me by? I have no idea. Um, but like, yeah. very rare does a comic release pass me by anyway. But yeah. the fact it was X Men '92, how in the living fuck? I right, I need that in my life. Uh, that's you... me on Comicsology right now. Yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's on the wiki page. I'll let you find it for yourself. I'm not going to click through it because I won't find my way back. Um, but interestingly, um, moving on a little bit, we're talking about we're talking about sort of the production and the rights and stuff. Um, in '91, uh, Margaret Margaret Loesch um, became head of Fox Kids. And she immediately commissioned 13 episodes of X-Men, having previously, uh, in a previous role, commissioned um, the pilot Pride of the X-Men in 1989. And because it wasn't picked up, she went, well, fuck it, I'm having another go. And so she commissioned uh, 13 episodes straight off the bat, one of the first things she did in the job. Wow. Um, I, I, you know, until you said it then, of course, I'd forgotten Fox Kids was even a thing. Well, yeah. But of course, it's not just this, it's also Spider-Man, all yeah, of that was all it had Fox Spider-Man, kids. Um, and that, that's how they did the Secret War storyline. Um, but they, they had to change it substantially because um, the voice cast for this was in LA and uh, Spider-Man was in Toronto. And the cost of shipping everybody up, up to do all the work was just too much. And then they couldn't have Hulk and She-Hulk in it because they were on UPN at the time. So they had to basically rewrite. They, they called it the Secret War storyline. They had to rewrite the entire fucking thing anyway because they Jesus. didn't have the rights to the characters. Jesus. Um X-Men 92, incidentally, is a 12-issue run. Um, it is currently priced at $5.99 for a trade paperback on Comixology. Uh, it, there are two volumes of said trade paperback. It looks fucking phenomenal. That may be um, one to pick up tomorrow, then. This may be Merry Christmas to me. Um, yeah, I say it's, it's payday, so I might, uh, might indulge. Yeah. Um, issues individually are not badly priced, but yeah, if anybody's going to pick it up, there are two collected editions yeah. um so readily available on comiXology holy shit that has really made my night there <laughs> uh, you have done something useful today yeah um in fact i think no i think i fucking know because i yes i have an issue of x-men adventures in this house now i found it um long story short uh shortly after my mother passed away i did a bit of sorting out at their house and i found the first issue of X-Men Adventures. It's in very bad condition. Um, yes, I've picked it up. It's, it's in this house. I'm going to dig that out later as well. Um, it's not going to be worth fuck all because a nah. copy of X-Men Adventures isn't. But, but it's, it's worth it to you, isn't it? So there's a yeah, yeah. value attached to it. And yeah. ju- I want to see how doggy it is, so take a picture and we'll post it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I will definitely. I, I know exactly where it is now. I just have to do a bit of mental gymnastics to remember the whole shebang there but yeah i i have a pictorial memory of picking it up and, and filing it in my miscellaneous comics file uh, <laughs> which is full of all sorts of random shit um including that so yeah I'll, oh, yeah I'll take a picture and send it to you and maybe you can um tweet it out or stick it up on the on the post or, or whatever you do yeah. i don't do the internets listeners that's all mark <laughs> all, all the really clever blurbs you read for these shows i'm fuck all to do with that also <laughs> the really shitty ones where i go oh fuck that's, that's gonna be posted in 20 minutes i haven't written anything bollocks yeah i i, I don't do the internets very well um especially not social media so yeah um, yeah blame me for all that shit yeah so yeah i'll dig that out um but yeah to, to loop back around then so yeah these this is X-Men to me. These are my X-Men. Uh, with the exception, actually, we, weirdly, I talked about how all of these um, sound like the X-Men to me. 
do you know the one thing that really jarred me the most on this rewatch was the vocals for Professor X. Yeah, it because doesn't sound right. No, it really doesn't. Like Patrick Stewart is Professor X now, isn't he? Like that is just yeah, that's a I, thing now. Nobody I, else can ever be Professor X. No, that's it. And it, it always makes me laugh actually watching the um the prequel trilogy with um James McAvoy trying to do much like Ewan McGregor does in Star Wars where he's trying to do his um Alec Guinness impression. James McAvoy trying to do a Patrick Stewart impression is fucking hilarious for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, I I mean and and I think McAvoy does a decent job. He does, fair. he makes a decent fist when he's not trying to play Patrick Stewart, he makes a decent fist of it. Yeah. Um but he's always going to be Patrick Stewart and, and his his voice is so different. Yeah. in this cartoon to Patrick Stewart that it that it is slightly jarring. Um but that's the only one really. The the, the rest of them are, are just as I remember. Um the animation's not great, is it? The animation's <laughs> fucking appalling. Um and I remembered it being I remember rewatching I think it popped up on I can't remember where I was abroad a couple of years ago. Um I might have been it might have been when I I worked in Australia for a while and it, I had to buck off to um was it Vietnam for about a week. Um and it was on there in like really fucking dodgy dubbing and shit. Um and it was on, so I thought, oh, fuck it, I can I can follow what's going on while I'm you know, waking up or wherever else. And you just saw I just saw them the amount of drop frames and stuff like that. Um, yeah. we talked about Batman as well and they had that problem. So I'm reading about it today and basically when they commissioned it, um Sabin didn't have the capacity to do it themselves. So they farmed it out to somebody else and then um they they farmed it out to a Korean company called Acom. And the first two episodes were so late they had a day to edit them before they were due to be broadcast wow. uh, before they were due to be delivered sorry um and there's one i think it's the first episode was um had hundreds of animation errors i'm reading here um, which they refused to fix so well it's done now so fuck it we'll move on to the next one um because of the time constraints um it was aired as it was aired in unfinished form so they just put it out anyway they needed they needed to use the slot the second episode was turned in day before deadline with 50 scenes missing and a single day reserved for editing shit so um yeah so it's pretty pretty horrendous um how do you even correct that at that point well, I, I don't know now i mean i'm not entirely sure i mean um at that point f um there were massive delays it was supposed to go out in september they then they then showed they aired what they had in october as a sneak peek and they put it back to march to be broadcast um and by the time it was uh, fox actually broadcast it in march it all be fixed um but again like the, the, the it was beset with problems. I mean, we talked about it with Batman the anime series as well. That there were so many drop frames, there were so many you know, repeated backgrounds which didn't match and stuff like that. And they just tried every trick in, in the book to not actually do the job um, to a point where Fox was like, "Well, fuck it, we'll you know, we'll just get somebody else in to do it because we're, you know, we're spending a bitch ton of money on this, so we want it to look good." Mm -hmm. um, and they threatened to several times. So Acom eventually did what they were supposed to do, but at the bare fucking minimum they could get away with. Yeah, it's really poorly animated. Um, it doesn't help as well. I mean, where, where it's been, um, where it's been digitized and put online now and stuff as well. It really hasn't aged well. No, I mean, as I say, the character designs and stuff are, are great, uh, but the actual animation is very, very poor. Like, yeah, it's really like the actual. I, I, and just to be clear, I'm sure I should credit our listeners with more intelligence than this, but I'm sure everybody listening to this understands what I mean when I say animation. But I'm not talking about what it looks like here. I'm talking about how it moves. Um, mm. And it really doesn't move well at all. No. And, and that kind of thing can really pull you out. Um, and it's especially jarring when, as I say, the title sequence itself 
is phenomenal. Well, you know, it's almost like they spent more time on that than they did the first episode. Yeah, it's beautifully animated. It looks really lush and colourful, and there's so much movement. Yeah. And you've got all of these... You've got the pans, like the ones instantly sticking out in my mind now. Uh, Even though he's my least favourite character, the thing that always sticks in my mind about the credits is the pan around Cyclops as he takes his visor off. Yeah, absolutely. Seamless, it's really smooth, it's really effortless. But then you look at that first episode... um, and it's so glitchy. I mean, it, you look at um, something. I can't remember who it was, but somebody throws a punch, and their arm goes. From, no, their fist goes from being next to their head where they pulled their arm back to being against the other person's head. They've you, know, you miss them throwing the punch. It's, you know, it's, it's that that sort of bad. But then also the the person's head who gets hit goes from being square on with a, a fist against their jaw to being through the best part of one hundred and twenty degrees, <laughs> and it's like. I mean, how did that happen? And it's as a kid, you don't notice that, but as obviously rewatching as an adult, you notice, and rewatching through any sort of critical lens, you notice even more. Um, but yeah, it's just fucking painful. Maybe I uh, maybe I should track down that pilot episode on YouTube then, rather than watching it, because essentially what I've got are, are feature length DVDs. So I've got a collection of mini movies. Yeah. Um, maybe I should track down that first episode. I'd be interested to see it. Um, so. Yeah, I'll maybe take a look at that. So yeah, the animation's not great, despite the fact that, you know, the character designs are, um, and it, and in some cases the voice acting is even worse, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I, some of it's exceptional, as I say. Um, you know, the core X Men are all good. I yeah. think, with the exception of the weird-sounding Xavier, but that's not necessary that he's bad. It's just that... He's not Patrick Stewart. That doesn't sound like Xavier to me now. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, your supporting cast were... I think it was kind of... They were sort of digital jobbing actors in. Um, yeah. So, so bad. I mean, in, in particular, and, and I don't want to rag on anybody here, you know, I'm sure everybody gave it their best, and I'm sure they were directed to act the way that they acted. Um, mm. But in watching the Phoenix saga, there's a lot of Moira McTaggart in that. Yeah. Um, and rather than cast a Scottish person or cast somebody that could do a Scottish accent or just make Moira not Scottish, um, they have whoever it is playing her just absolutely slaughtering, slaughtering the accent. Yeah. Um, it's It's so bad. It's it's so so bad, um, and it it's a shame. It is a shame because it's so bad that it it pulls you out. You it, know? it does. It's really distracting, unfortunately. Um, and and you do always you you will always find that. I mean, especially where, I mean, I I thought Rose Byrne made a decent fist of Moira McTaggart. I've got to be honest, but again, I just, it was very difficult to reconcile the two because I was expecting her to sound fucking awful. Uh, like the cartoon, um, and I find the same with Nicholas Holt's Beast as well. I just, he's not Beast. He doesn't doesn't quite look right, and he certainly doesn't fucking sound right. He hasn't got the authority, the gravitas that you've got with Beast in the cartoon. Um, and well, yeah, I mean she... that's that's another interesting one, isn't it? Because like I I know I know eventually they cast Kelsey Grammer as mm. Beast, but it almost feels like whoever's playing Beast in the cartoon is doing an impersonation of Kelsey Grammer playing Beast. Yeah, even it's though very... it's very. Odd. Seven, eight, eight years before. Yeah, it, it, it is like bizarre. it's Kelsey Grammer before Kelsey Grammer. It's, it's I know, weird. But I think that I mean that may even have informed the casting um, when we got to the movie because the way that Beast is done, and I can't remember who did it now. I'll have to look. But the way the way Beast is presented and performed, I think it's pretty much spot on. A guy called George Boozer, B U Z A. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, I, like for me, he. We talked about no, 
I said, no, for you it's Xavier, for me it's um, Wolverine. They, no, they don't sound the way that you want you, you expect them to. Beast is absolutely the the conversion of Beast from the animated to the to the films with Kelsey Grammer. I thought was absolutely incredible because I didn't know no, I didn't notice no apart from the fact it was live action as opposed to to um, being cartoon. It could have been the same dude. Yeah, it yeah, could have been the same voice. And absolutely. that that I mean again, it's probably the only one that could be said for in in the film franchise. But again, that baked my little fucking sweet because I just couldn't know. I was like, oh my god, that that's the beast I expected, and I, everybody else is slightly different, um, or a lot different in certain cases. But beast is fucking beast. Yeah, it's it's uncanny, isn't it? Yeah, it really. And is. as you so, said, I mean, I hadn't really thought of it in that context, but yeah, it's like it's like somebody was playing Kelsey Grammer before Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, it, it's uncanny, and and so like I said, the core voice cast is is great. Their performances yeah. are good as well. You know, they they, they nail the characters, but yeah, the, those. That supporting cast is so dreadful, and and as I say, that, that's there's no slight to the actors themselves. I'm sure they were doing what they were told. Um, I believe again, sorry from memory because I don't do any research. That's what Mark's for. Um, you're learning a lot of behind the scenes stuff tonight, listeners, aren't you? Yeah. Um, basically, Mark does all the research. Mark does all the internet posting stuff. Chris gets I to watch the shit. Yeah, I essentially just watch stuff and talk shit. Um, <laughs> To be fair, we've 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 got um, a listener in my office who still can't get over the fact we're not in the same room. Uh, yeah, well, we used to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not for a while. Yeah, not not for a while because watching this shit takes some fucking time. Yeah, when, when we when we do four different shows, it, it adds up. Yeah, no, we um, both have marriages and lives and shit, and that, that tends to get in the way of just watching TV all the time. Unfortunately, I I have at least one of those two things at any given moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, fucking hell, I've been I've thrown for a loop now. What was I? What was I saying? Where uh, was I? Uh, I can't remember. I've fallen down a rabbit hole there. Oh yeah, no, I I know what I was going to say. Um, talking about the the cast, and and yes. this is from memory. So correct me if I'm wrong, because you may you may know better with your research. I may, I may have it in front of me because I, I I don't know stuff. I just read it. I'm almost certain I remember reading somewhere that this was pretty much an entirely Canadian cast. Like this was a Canadian production or something. I'm I'm almost certain I've read that somewhere. Pretty much. Uh, let's see. Yeah, bu- 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 I don't know, but yeah, it, it, there were there do seem to be a lot of Canucks involved. Uh, I, I'm almost certain there was there was something about like there being this weird kind of not weird, um, but there there was this kind of Canadian clique, if you like. Um, but that, you do just... tend to find that. I mean, especially um, especially with um, with voice actors, you do tend to find that a lot of them because the American accent is so far ranging, and there's so many there's so much, there's so much nuance to it. Canadians actually do better impersonations of American accents that are understandable and translate better to other to other english speaking countries um than americans do because americans get very americans get very caught up in their own dialects and, and they're also their own versions of the action their own sort of regional dialect so it's it's a lot easier for somebody who's has almost the same accent and speaks the same language to then go well yeah we can do that but make it a bit more accessible because when I mean, you get now i mean usually we mentioned about um southern accents earlier on the, uh, an authentic southern accent is very, very heavy and very thick, and if you're not, if your ear isn't tuned to it, it's very difficult to follow. So if you have somebody with a a similar generic accent who can then put the inflections on it in a way that makes it sound southern, 
but in a, a way that's more where they have to try to do it as opposed to being natural it comes across more it comes across more, as more clearly uh, it comes across as more clear and you can pick it out better so it's something that's i've i've seen a lot of um, especially when we're doing this show and we talk about um talk about cast canada does seem to do a very good american impression better than america does of canada a eh? uh, you you're definitely correct and I would love to think that that is the reason why so many Canadians are involved in this production. But no, it's entirely down to cost. Let's be honest. Yeah, the cynic in me <laughs> says it's because they could go outside of the union, so it was yeah. a fuck ton cheaper. Yeah, I was saying that. I mean, this was made in the US. As um, so I read it earlier on when we were talking about the um, Secret War storyline, um, the fact that that was made in Toronto and um, X Men was being made in in LA. And they couldn't afford to ship all the people up to Toronto to do um, the Secret War story. And so that's why only Storm was involved in it because, um, oh, it might be the other way around, actually. Maybe that was in, this was in Toronto and that was being done in LA. And um, the person who played Storm, whose name was Iona Morris, I think, um, she lived in wherever it was. So she was already there. And that's why they kind of built it around her. <laughs> it's fucking crazy how TV worked in the 90s, isn't it? Can you imagine something like that now? Like, <clears> you know, yeah, well, yeah, okay. Um, but <laughs> sorry, a really nasty cough this evening. Yeah, it's a bit like the one I had the other night. Um, yeah, uh, if you if you sort of just make a, a sort of wide ranging comparison now, if you if you look at the Balanti verse and all of the DC shows over there that yeah. that they they shoot them all in Canada with Canadian crew mostly. Um, Most um, long running shows are actually. I mean, even yeah. they have been since sort of the early nineties. I mean, I know X Files was shot up in. Um, yeah, that's right. That's most right. Of it was in Vancouver, and then anything they needed to be so West Coast America they, or in so any woods or another, they just popped down into Oregon. Um, but it was like they were there for a couple of days and fucked off back to Canada because it was so much cheaper. Yeah, but I mean, you know, those those Balantiverse shows now. Um, I love them all, but none of them. I think it's more than fair to say none of them had the kind of cultural impact that this show had, even the immediate impact, never mind yeah. the long-lasting one. And yet, can you imagine at any point the amount of money they throw at those shows, them going, ah, yeah, well, we're not going to fly an actor up for that because it'll cost too much and, and they're not in the they're not in the right country or not. It, like, it just wouldn't fucking happen. They're about no. to do a gigantic fucking crossover that will encompass just about everyone that's ever played a DC superhero that's still alive. Yeah. Like, that's going to cost them some fucking money. But this is, but I mean, the, the culture has changed as well. I mean, if you think of, like, how much money that's these what things I'm saying. bring in. TV I mean, in the 90s was so fucking different. It is. Like... But I, mean, I mean, culturally as well, I mean, you, you'll remember just as well as I do, you weren't allowed to like comic books in the fucking 90s. You know, as, as a kid, you were, I mean, I was fucking bullied mercilessly for liking shit like this. Because you no, know, it's 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 sci-fi and it's comics and it's no, that's not cool. It's not wrestling and it's not football or stuff like that. So why why are you interested? Oh, hang on, hang on. Wrestling was never cool either. Um... Uh, there, there was there was a period was I I I, I was I was into wrestling just about when they had these the, sort of the, the new generation stuff was on where you no know, Kevin Nash was coming through and stuff like that before before they fucked off to WCW, and then I kind of fell out of it just before the Attitude Era started. And at my school, that was when it all fucking kicked off because people all of a sudden noticed this stuff that was on TV, and I've been fucking watching it. I've been fucking bullied for years for watching this stuff and now the same people are now getting massively into it and it's the same thing with comics and then you see that um, and I've, I've, I've seen it recently that people used to fucking bully me mercilessly for it were first night to go and see fucking infinity war because yeah. all of a sudden uh, the culture has shifted and now it's acceptable and so i mean nobody was spunking again i don't know five five million dollars an episode on supergirl in 1992 whereas now they'll think nothing of it nobody was even making 
Supergirl in 1992. Well, like yeah. that that's the that's the true measure of the culture shift. Like when you look at the those Balantivis shows, and I know so much of that is down to what license they could pick up, but they're working with the fucking Green Arrow, Supergirl, The Flash, Swamp Thing now. All right, that's not Balantivis, but it's still yeah. DC Universe. Like it's just like the MCU as well. These are sec. Well, maybe Flash is an exception, but these are second string heroes just like yeah. the mcu was when that started yeah absolutely. like everybody thinks the avengers now is fucking iron man and captain america and hulk and black widow no 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 these were not popular characters no th- this is what they could ago. pick up on the cheap yeah this is they, what like, they, this is what they could make and make a decent fist out of i mean all, all all credit to um kevin feige and people like that no they had a vision to do that but this they made in the early years. They made do with what they could get, what they could get, and they built around what they could get for cheap. Yeah, it, it is. It, it never fails to amaze me just how much. And and if you, anybody stops and just thinks about this, obviously you give credit to Favreau because he directed the first Iron Man, and it's very yeah. much a Favreau film. But so much of today's culture and that shift that has happened is hinged on the fact that Favreau went to bat. For Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Because none of this happens if we don't get Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man. No, absolutely. And I mean, the, um, a washed up actor playing a B string superhero. Well, I'm not being funny. He's the face he, of culture. He's like a three time washed up actor as well. I mean, with all the various problems he's had over the years, I mean, he was, it was, there are lots of sort of copies of audition tapes and and stuff like that going around at the moment. But, and you can, you know, you can see even early on, he absolutely fucking nailed the character. And obviously, we know how that went. But there's uh, there's lots of stuff written, um, and I'd, I'd imagine a lot of it's in memos and emails and shit, where people say, "Fucking Chaplin, are you having a laugh?" It's it's the uh, no, it's, it's it's having Jason Mewes on set with a load of fucking cops. You know, it's yeah. he'll, he'll be doing coke behind a dumpster off a hooker's ass before you can say before you can say cut. Nobody wanted him. Well, he was uninsurable. Famously, they hmm. would not insure him. Yeah, like... and, and then the cunt just made what best part of a billion dollars off. Uh, and may and may just be staring down the barrel of a best actor nomination. Uh, supporting actor, they've all gone in as supporting. Yeah, they've all gone in as supporting. Yeah, but still, well, he's, already got, he's already got one. I mean, any room, is it? Oh, you might remember this one. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but we digress massively. Again. Um, but yeah, you you only get to that. I think you only get to today's culture via yeah. that route. And yeah, certainly back when we were watching this, and even when we had the first slew of X Men films. Yeah. Like it wasn't cool to like those films, whether Hugh no. Jackman was in them or not. No, that wasn't. Cool. I mean, they they were probably a, they were a very early attempt at sort of the big blockbuster comic book movies, and where you actually saw a lot of money spent on screen. I mean, you'd had this like you know the Spider Man stuff and the, you know, the really badly done you know, Hulk painted green stuff, um, but this was the first time they'd gone. Actually, you know what? We're going to do this properly. We're going to spend. We're going to give it the attention it deserves. Okay, maybe the script's a bit hokey in places, um, in a lot of places, um, but. It's it was the first time where someone went, you know what, let's let's do it properly. Let's make it like a proper superhero film that people aren't gonna find camp and cheesy, that people might actually be able to get in, involved with it and build something out of that. And I think in it's in um Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, they, they actually take the piss out of that, where they're talking about comic book movies, um, and Jay says, Oh no, why would anyone want to make a movie of that shit? And Jason Lee's I think it's um when he's, uh, when he's with Brody in the in the in the comic book store, he says since X-Men hit the box office, every fucker wants to make comic book movies because they'll make a ton of money. And 
that was, I mean, even then, I don't know, that was nearly 20 years ago, but it was spot on because all of a sudden people went, oh yeah, comic book movies, that, that's not a bad idea. And we can pick them up for cheap because the fucking, all the, all the comic producers are on their asses. I mean, okay, Marvel nearly went under, I don't think DC went that far, but I mean, they, again, they weren't bringing in the sort of money they're bringing in now just because they didn't have these <laughs> visual tie-ins because unfortunately, and I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but people are more likely to consume a TV show or a movie than they are a comic book or a graphic novel. And so all of a sudden they went, oh, we can pick that up for cheap. We can make that. Okay, it's not Batman, but you know that's all right because no, Batman's Batman, but we can still go off and make Flash and Arrow and all the rest of it. And yeah, people got, people are just seeing dollar signs everywhere. And this is a huge shift um, that's not taken that long to come about. No, um, I weirdly predicted this in my BA dissertation. Which, I remember. I remember yeah. you telling me. Randomly, I pulled out the other day. Um, I was sorting the bookcase out, and there it was. So I read through it again. Um, fucking funny, hell, I funny reached. Enough, I pulled mine out the other day as well. I was, I was sorting some empty boxes from when we moved. Some boxes from when we moved, and mine was in there. Yeah. So it's a good week for that. I, I really should have followed through on that shit because I was so far ahead of the fucking curve. I remember yeah. we had a conversation not long after we met about that. Yeah, I was so far ahead of the curve. Fucking like missed I, the boat on that one, didn't we? I really fucking did. Um, yeah, I'm that guy. Like, <laughs> let's face fucking, it. How many how many fucking movies have we planned out, and then somebody's announced they're making it, they're making one, or they've made one, yeah, and we end up kicking ourselves. Fucking life, seriously. But but yeah, that's that's kind of where where culture went. And it, I think though, certainly when this was on the air, I I don't remember it being uncool to watch this. I think everybody was watching this. I mean, um, yeah, I mean. Um, but it, again, it was a TV show. It, you know, people weren't equating it as being a comic book. They were equating it as being a TV show. Oh, right, yeah, show. yeah, gotcha. Yeah, Whereas, okay, no, so it was okay no, to like this, but maybe not reading X-Men Adventures. Reading, yeah, reading comics was not done. I think uh, that's no. just because reading was not done. Well, that's true, especially part of where kids. we're from. Like, Yeah, unless you're us, obviously. Yeah. Um, you don't read. You you know, you, there's, there's too many other things you can do. You can go blowing up frogs or throwing stones through pensioners' windows or lighting a yeah. firework and chucking it through a letterbox or stealing yeah. a car. Or As, as I say, with us, it was uh, huffing uh, Link's uh, body spray. Oh, that too, or shooting the cans with an air rifle so that they yeah. explode. Yeah. yeah. Classy place. Good times. Yeah. All sorts of fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was too busy like reading and getting education and shit. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I see. I, I, unfortunately, now I don't get to work in quick fit like all the other other cool people I was in school with. Well, see, maybe if I did, then I'd have time to do research in my lunch break that I don't get now. <laughs> well, if you we'll work in the public sector, I, I jest. I do get a lunch break. I choose not to have one, and well, I do get one. I just eat sandwiches very, very fucking quickly and then go back to work so I can finish work earlier. Yeah, makes sense. And, but no one wants to hear about that. So no, the fact we have day jobs that aren't as interesting as this is not something we want to brag about. No. Um, so yeah, back to X Men, which we've talked about for a sum total, or the animated show anyway, which we talked about probably for a sum total of five minutes in the last hour and change. I, I was, was going to say thirty-five seconds. Yeah. Um, so we've covered the animation. We've covered the intro sequence. We've covered the voice acting. The, the next thing to hit really is has got to be the writing yeah um, i think so i mean the writing and the characterization um i mean so we've talked about the um the animation of um, the movement and we talked about the voice acting but the characterization i think was probably it's probably the strongest part of it and i think that's why they were able to then move from this back to a comic and make a comic of this series because the characterization was done that well i agree i think the characterization is superb um i think the dialogue is fucking awful but but in there, fairness there are some so, in there. 
so was comic book dialogue round about this time as well yeah. so i i can't I can't say too much about that. It is written like a comic book, to be fair. There is it, a lot is. of expository speech. Um, it's okay. It's, yeah, it, it's it is. I mean, it's, it's passable. I mean, I think the the best best comparison you make of it, if you look at um, when Adam West is doing Family Guy, the way he speaks, it's very much the way his Batman spoke, and that's the way the comics were written. I mean, obviously from yes. when Adam West was doing Batman all the way through to sort of the, probably the mid-90s. And then all of a sudden... I think they realized the audience was becoming a bit more sophisticated um, and they started actually writing people as people, um, which is a, a very big deal. Um, and yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, 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 there were some pearlers in the dialogue. I can't remember off any of hand and I, I've not made any notes because I, I, I read it and then I sort of, because I read it on the day we record, I don't need to write it down most of the time. Um, but there's there, there some all right dialogue. There's some absolute horseshit dialogue, but you find that everywhere. Um, I think more often than not, it's it's largely forgivable, and I don't think it at any point it dragged me out of what we were, what I was watching. No, not at all. Um, we're not talking Game of Thrones level bad here. We're just talking, and and at least it's consistent. You know, it's of a consistent quality. The actual yeah. plotting and the story devices used, and the arcs and the serialization of things is all fine and good. Yeah. There are very clear lines followed. I've... I was going to say when you, when you said it was fine, I was going to say it's, it's better than fine. That's what I like. So it it works very well. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all good. Um, it's it's just that dialogue doesn't do it any favors. Um, yeah, but at least it's consistent. I think that even that even when you do have sh- fairly shitty dialogue in in places, it's consistent with the characters. It is, and look, like I said, this is very clearly aimed at children. Hmm. Um, you know, like. As adults, we can enjoy it because I think the stories and the characterization are sophisticated enough yeah. that we can enjoy them. But the dialogue and the the colors and the character designs are all squarely aimed at children. Um, and, you know, I think in walking that tightrope, it pulls it off pretty well. You know, this, this yeah. is certainly more engaging and easier to watch than, say, He-Man if yes. you don't or or transformers even if you don't have the associated baggage you know it doesn't feel so crassly commercial and so yeah pushed straight towards a, a sort of preteen audience um it feels like it belongs more in that kind of disney channel and disney afternoon camp where it kind of even though it's geared towards kids it kind of works for everybody yeah um sort of like your rescue rangers and your ducktails and things like that um just without the gags obviously um, so yeah, I, I don't think the writing's up to the standard of those shows, but I think it's, it's fine. And I think I have so much nostalgia for this show and I now have so much baggage with these characters that I'm just like, yeah, whatever can wash over me. And and I think even if you didn't have that nostalgia and baggage, it would still be serviceable. It still does a good enough yeah. job that you can enjoy the show. I, at no point do you go, that's fucking terrible. At points you might think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. And it will certainly bring you in for more episodes because you've got the the hook of the serialization. But I don't think at any point you go, oh, fuck this, I'm out. No, no, that's one. I mean, we talk about we 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 talked about with Game of Thrones. We talked about it with various shows um, over the last couple of years. There have been times when I've I've, I've given up on shows because I'm sure you know what, fuck it, I've had enough. It's not doing what it's supposed to do, or characters aren't believable, or motivations aren't right, or just the fucking stunt writing just pisses me off no end which we talk about every monday um but i i didn't have that with this and as I've, I've watched probably five or six episodes of this the last day or so um and at no point at all nah bollocks i'm done 
this it held me in, it suckered me in, and I, I was I was fucking nine ten again. I was quite happy yeah. sitting sitting on the sofa in my pajamas watching this shit and eating chocolate at nine o'clock in the morning because I was a fat cunt. Yeah, I got that from this too. There are I want to say I watched Phoenix Saga and I want to say it's six episodes. It's mm. either five or six. It's six. Um, yeah, it's, it's I think it's three and three. It's um the the Phoenix Saga and the Dark Phoenix Saga. I think might make six. I might be wrong on that. Oh no, it's just the Phoenix Saga. Oh, it's just Phoenix watching. Saga. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's so, just Phoenix. So it, I watched... it, it might be six and three. Then it might, I think it might have gone yeah. to nine. I, I've um, got a feeling it's, it's five or six episodes. Had there been more on the disc, I would comfortably have watched more. Um, you know, I I watched it until the disc ran out, and I would carry on watching more. Um, I think that's kind of, that's kind of indicative of the time we're in now. We can't even be asked to change a disc. No, I, I could have come upstairs and got more episodes, but I had to walk upstairs to do yeah, that. Exactly. Um, but I mean, I, I, and, I and it's it not. You know, it's a thing of, yes, that's partly the time we're in. And it's also that, like, probably says more about me and my fickle attention span. But by the time I've taken the disc out, put it away, walked upstairs, I'm just like, yeah, that's gone now. I'll do something else. Yeah. I mean, do, I do you know what I mean? With... Like, the, the urge, the instant urge has gone. Yeah, um, no, that's, that's fair. I mean, I, I get it now with the kids whereby it's like, you know, you've got stuff on Netflix or on Prime or on, like, the, just the TV players on the TV, like, you know, iPlayer and Milkshake and shit like that. And I, when it, when I advert, especially on like Milkshake, which is you know, it's the Channel Five Kids um, app, and you have toy adverts before the program because obviously they got to pay for the app and it's a commercial channel and all the rest of it. You have three adverts probably totaling a minute. Can we skip it? When's it starting? How long is it going to be? It's like fuck me. You have like five minutes between every bastard in program. Yeah. And you couldn't fast forward it. You couldn't. No, you'd have an ad break in the middle sometimes as well if it was long enough. And you're complaining about a fucking minute. Yeah. But it's because you know, everything's instant. And when you put a DVD in and the disc has got a load, and again, you might be talking 30 seconds to get to a menu. Well, me. It's, it, it, no, it's like you're asking them to walk on broken glass. My Game of Thrones Blu-rays take so long to load that I turn the Blu-ray player on, put them on, make a coffee, sort out anything I've got to sort out within the next hour, and then sit down, and it's still loading. They take like six or seven minutes to That's load. That's really bizarre. I mean, the the, the DVDs are fine. I cheaped out and bought them on DVD because I couldn't be fucking bothered to buy them on, on Blu-ray. But yeah, the DVDs are fine. They just load like normal normal DVDs. They, they load, you get the you get the copyright warning at the start. That, no, they started putting the start, not the end, um, because people were ignoring it. Um, and then you get, you know, you're straight into the menu, and you can be watching an episode within 30 seconds. Wow. At what point did copyright warnings become really fucking boring again? Because do you I remember, don't... like, when you'd rent a video... Like, oh, but you—they—they were always American as well. So you never had the, the British ones. You always had the like the FBI warnings. They know you'll go to jail. We'll we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do you for like a million really dollars and shit like that. Fucking severe. They were like, if you pirate this videotape, yeah, like you'll we go are to gonna, jail, motherfucker. Yeah, we're gonna come round and fucking kick your grand to death and steal your puppies and throw them in the river and lock you in fucking jail and you'll yeah, eat and, nothing and you, but fucking bread for the rest of your life. Yeah, and you'll pay us two million dollars for the fucking privilege. Yeah, and by the way, bend over. Yeah, but. Now it's just like yeah, use a static card. Yeah, like yeah. really fucking like <laughs> I miss those. They do, the they stu- annoyed the fuck out of me at the time. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the one that had um oh what was the fucking radio DJ that did them with the big fucking glasses? Oh yeah, another one you mean? Oh, what was his like... fucking? Do you remember those ones where it was literally just him? It was the most British thing you've yeah. ever seen. It's like a man in a dull coloured suit with giant glasses and a bad side parting. Yes. Reading you the reasons why you shouldn't copy videotapes from a yeah. fucking BBFC statement straight to camera. Yeah. Meanwhile, but... America's got the one with the guy running away from the fucking feds. 
Yeah. Like and for any for anybody wondering, the um, the the big glass and the bad side parting wasn't me. <laughs> Do you know, actually, there is... Yeah, I mean, you, you've dropped some weight now, so I think you can get away with it, but there's similarities if you didn't have a beard. Yeah. Um, Why do you think I've got it? Yeah. It's not because oh. I'm too fucking lazy to shave. What was the guy's fucking name? I'm pretty I sure... I can't remember. Dead. Pretty sure he's dead. I know he was a radio DJ. Oh, I uh, can't remember. I know the anyway, one you mean. I can't remember his name. Fucking hell, we talked about X-Men for all of 10 seconds that time. <laughs> yeah. What Mike Smith, was it? It was Mike Smith, I think. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's not dead. He's married to Sarah Green. Is he? Yeah. I thought he was dead. Unless he's died in the last of 12 months. Hang on. I, I, I need to know this now. <laughs> Filthy. So, Have sorry, so, yourselves, listeners. Yeah, so, sorry, kids. This is, really hasn't been a good X-Men episode. It's been a good, it's been a good rant and you know, random bullshit episode, but uh, not so much on X-Men, I don't think. I don't know. We, uh, we talked a bit about X-Men, just not the actual fucking... Just not the cartoon, just the film and the comics and everything else. Yeah. But uh, that's kind of how these shows go. We, we we have a topic in mind, and then we fucking go off on one for an hour and 16 minutes at this point. Yeah. I've got a feeling it, it was... What did you say his name Mike, was? Mike, Mike Smith. I've got a feeling it was him, but I can't find anything about yeah, it now. That's fine. It may or may not have been him. And People listening won't remember who the fuck Mike Smith was anyway. Because I, I, I can't remember his fucking name, can I? So <laughs> It's probably not even him. I've probably got a completely wrong fucking dude. No, it's not him. Oh, okay, then. No, it's definitely not him. It's definitely In that him. case, I don't fucking know. Um, but he is dead. Okay. Mike Smith is dead. When did he die? But, um, 2014. Oh, not far off then. Yeah. It's Mike Reed. Of course Mike it is. Reed. Oh, Mike Reed. Yeah. Sorry, I've clicked my fingers at the mic twice. Um, Sorry, I'm it's all... not as bad as you when you used to do it. I'm all over the fucking shop again tonight, ain't I? Sorry, listeners, I was all over the shop Monday as well. I don't know what's wrong with me, honestly. That's um, Christmas is coming, apparently. Yeah, I think recording earlier as well means I've got more energy. So. It's, it's, it's thrown us out because, um, that's it, he's in bed and she's out. So I've, I've actually got the house to myself. So it's a case of, oh, okay, brilliant. I can actually do some fucking work. And I was like, oh, we're recording in half hour. Bob, we just start early. I mean, I like it. Recording early is better. But... Yeah, I can't normally get away with the kids because at least one of them is normally up. Um, right. In and out and fucking opening doors and shit. So Mike Smith is definitely fucking dead. Right. Mike Reed, I think, is still alive. Okay. So we've kind of formed this hybrid super Mike. So basically, we were, we were wrong twice. It was the wrong guy, and he's not dead. Yeah, pretty much. Fair play. But anyway, he's the boring Swing fucker. And a miss. He's the boring fucker that did the adverts. So there you go. Oh, okay. If anyone wants to look him up on YouTube and understand what the fuck we've been talking about for the past five minutes. To be fair, nobody's understood what the fuck we've been talking about for the last five years. Uh, yeah, good point. But anyway, if you if you YouTube Mike Reed fucking copyright adverts, I'm sure you'll see them. Um, or maybe just Mike Reed copyright adverts. Drop the fucking because that'll bring you all sorts of shit you don't want to see. <laughs> Especially well, not on your computer. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely don't start googling British radio DJs and the word fucking. Cause... No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, that's not yeah. going to lead you anywhere good. May may lead you to HR. Yes. Uh, Sorry, it's because yes. I do I do all my googling when I'm in work, obviously. Uh, yeah, but naturally, what else are you going to do? Work? Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, I mean, you already spend all your fucking lunch breaks watching X Men and shit. So, um, to be fair, X Men, I get away with it. It's when we it's when we're watching really obscure films or the stuff with lots of tits, and I have to sort of turn my screen away so people can't see what the fuck I'm doing. You see the sacrifices we make for you, listeners. Especially I tell you what, recording Game of Moans. I know. Um, 
Okay, so we've been going for like an hour and twenty minutes. We need to we need to sum up here. Um, we've we've covered the writing, we've covered the animation. I think we've, we've covered pretty much everything. To covered be the theme song. We haven't hit you with too many random facts this week. We've just talked nonsense. Um, <laughs> but I think for me, in in summation, rewatching this show, I I don't think I got anything new out of it. No. Um, I it, it's certainly no. I, I don't feel any worse about it. I don't feel any better about it. I got exactly what I wanted out of it, which was it's still the show that I remember. I still thoroughly enjoyed my five, six episodes, whatever it was, just shy of two hours that I watched. I still got very excited while I was watching them. I, I overlooked all of its flaws. Um, am I going to rush to put a disc in again? Probably not for some time now because I've just had a fix and there are better places now to get superhero fixes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in the time and place that this existed and in my memory of that time and place, I will always carry this in my heart very, very fondly. This will always be something that has had a huge, huge impact on my life. Um, and, I, you know, I, I owe a great deal to it. it. Honestly, now, if I were to put a show on of this ilk, I'm going for Batman animated every time. I'm not reaching for X-Men. Um, the complete opposite would have been true 20 years ago. Um, but I feel like, you know, looking at it now as an adult, coming to appreciate the nuance and the performance and the writing so much more in Batman animated. I'm going to go for that over this. Um, but I would probably go for this second. So. Yeah, I, th I think that's fair. I mean, I, I'm much the same. I mean, I, I watched, I'd say, half a dozen or so episodes, and it's rare I get to watch it as much as I did, actually, which was quite um, quite nice over the last couple of days. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I didn't come away thinking, oh, my God, that's fucking horrendous, like we have with quite a few other things. Um, yes, okay, there was some shitty animation and some poor uh, poor voice acting in places, but it didn't do enough. Um, I don't. Th I don't think it did enough to detract from what the show is and what the show means. I mean, I, I owe this an awful lot in terms of. Um, I say no in, t in terms of my fandom and where I went from there, and the, the things that I've enjoyed over the last twenty plus years have evolved. That have evolved from this. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily rush back. I mean, when we were looking at this, um, I was looking at purchasing because I don't have any um, any DVDs or anything. But it's it's around, but it's fucking expensive. Um, as I think everywhere was looking at something like twelve, thirteen quid per series for five series. So I mean, it was you know, we were talking sixty quid to uh, sixty quid to actually watch a lot of it, and it wasn't wow. it that wasn't something I was prepared to do. Whereas when we were doing Batman, um, okay, there are less episodes. I think um, you can pick the... the whole thing up for like fifty quid on Blu-ray now with Batman. Yeah, so... I mean, I, I mean, I, I picked them up on iTunes and. I th Annoyingly, I picked them up as individual series, and then about a week later, they came out as a fucking box set, which was about ten quid cheaper, oh, um, no. which happens all the time with iTunes, unfortunately. Um, but I won't go off on that rant. Uh, I just shouldn't spend as much money. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I I was looking, I thinking, do I? Is it really important enough? Yes, okay, we're doing the show, so I need to watch it. Do am I am I ever going to go back and watch it? And the answer is, I I can't see an occasion where I would want where I would be desperate to go back and pick this up when I have, you know, I mean, this is by far the best version of X-Men we've had. But I have the other versions. I have the the, the movies on uh, on iTunes. I have some of them on DVD. Um, and I'm not necessarily going to go out of my way to look for this one when I've got... I can I can quite easily spend half an hour going, oh, yeah, that's fine, and then move on to, as you say, Batman or something else. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not lost. It's not detracted from anything. It's not. I've not lost anything. I've not really gained anything from it either. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that that's exactly how I feel as well. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it, but I was always going to. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's it. And you know, would I spend twelve, thirteen pound on a series? Um, maybe if in a year from now I feel like watching it again and I don't feel like treading over the same films that I've got, maybe. But one thing I do know for a fact is this is on Disney Plus in America. So right, okay. If you're in the States listening to us, yes, definitely. If you've got Disney Plus. Yeah, yes, if you've got access to it, yeah. And I, and I know a lot of people were because, you know, like the circles I move in, I follow a lot of Diz Twitter and I follow a lot of comic Twitter. And there's obviously a natural crossover between the two. Yeah. And a lot of people were tweeting about the first thing they were watching on Disney Plus when it yeah. dropped. And a lot of people were just tweeting the title card of this show. Okay. Which says a lot about its cultural impact when you have shows like The Mandalorian drop in that you've never yeah. seen before. And say, you've quite got quite a lot of new content coming out, isn't it? I mean, all I've the seen... new content on there, yeah. And people, the first thing people wanted was this show. And that um, says it all, really. To be, to be fair, I mean, I, I've, I've done Disney Plus a few times. I uh, did Life over here a few times um, in the past. Um, annoyingly, it's not fucking working at the moment because they're being dicks about my subscription again. Um, but I was the same. I, I was I okay. I got it primarily to do this show, but of all the new content and stuff, like all the stuff I haven't seen before, like you've got all the Clone Wars stuff and the various you know, different Star Wars bits and all the sort of stuff like that I hadn't seen. Tangled. Everyone watched Tangled. Yeah, um, and I, I, I did eventually. Um, but yeah, the monthly first... plug for Tangled. Right? <laughs> you want fucking commission or something? No, um, I just think it's really fucking good. It, it is. It's it's probably the best thing on there actually. Um, but yeah. I was constantly doing that. I was always going back for old stuff I'd already seen. I wasn't looking at new stuff um, for quite some time until I'd gone back and scratched the, uh, scratched the itch that was things like Gummy Bears and Rescue Rangers and Darkwing Duck because they were the things I associated with D- Disney from my childhood. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a yeah, there's a natural need for nostalgia, isn't there? As as we get older and yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, for a lot of people, as I say, this, this show was huge at the time in terms of its cultural impact. It's affected so many of us and set so many of us onto the path of fandom that, that we followed through our lives. And, and that's why people have gone to it first. And look, it's not going to be the first thing I watch on Disney Plus when it drops because I've just recently watched it. And I get the feeling that many, many of these people haven't seen it for quite some time. But yeah. if it's on there when it makes its way to the UK, am I going to watch it? Unquestionably. It just won't be the first thing I watch. But will I watch it? Yes. Unquestionably, I will. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's probably the same with me, providing I can get like a freebie because we're at stage now, there's so many bloody streaming services, I can't afford them all. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously getting Disney+. Plus. I'm pretty yeah. much a day one sign-up for this thing, <laughs> yeah. especially for the price they're charging. So Yeah, although to be fair, I, mean, I did realise yesterday that you can, no, no, you can normally sign up for a free trial with an email address. And with our website for all these shows that we do, um, we can have infinite email addresses. So I'll just make a new one every week and have a free a free week. May not want to broadcast that to. <laughs> Let's be fair. The the uh, the higher ups at Disney ain't going to be listening to their show. Disney know everything, dude. They're like Google. Like ah uh, well, maybe we'll Bob Iger's like fucking throwing a dart at your face right now. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah. like on a dartboard, <laughs> like not like literally. He's not outside your house or anything. No. I'll have just been sort of um, walked in on um, so people are now home. And so door opened. Oh, okay. There's people. There's people in the house. Glad, yeah, thankfully, it was just it. it was just it was Tory, not burglars. Because you know, I, was I could hear trouble. a door. I hear the door go. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was Tory. But there you go. Probably a good time to wrap up then, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah, before you get an actual dart thrown at you. Sure, um, it won't be the first time. Well, this has been a fucking freewheeling, rambling <laughs> hour and a half, listeners. I hope you've enjoyed. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, the inner workings of our head have nothing to do with the TV show we're supposed to be talking about. But uh, there I you swear go. I haven't been drinking. Um, no, neither have I, actually, which is quite disappointing. Nice. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you want to get in touch, um, let us know how badly we've talked about X. I'll, I'll put a little we've done on X Men this this episode. Um, recommend some shows we might want to watch, um, might want to talk about. Um, get in touch, smpd at ddpodcast.net. You can find us on uh, Facebook with the Double Podcast Network, on Twitter at smpdpod. Um, but yeah, get in touch, let us know what you think, or let us know what you'd uh, like to talk about. But until next time, see you later. later.